welcome to another brand new episode of Take a Shelfie, the podcast about beer and bottle shops and beer you get at bottle shops and friendship and all those wonderful things. I'm Jeff Martin, and with me is my comrade in cans, Matt Prince. Hi, Jeff. So, Matt, we are doing something that I think maybe five years ago we would think unfathomable. We are here today doing, you know, quote-unquote work, recording a podcast, on a day where at our local bottle shop they are tapping Pliny the Younger. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about this. We said, oh, should we go and get our pint and then come back and record? Or do we scrap recording and then just go get a pint? And we kind of both had the same uh, conclusion, which was, no, let's just record. And which is, like you said, pretty strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, we've both had Planet of the Younger before. Um, we've both showed up at Pinocchio's at, you know, 9 a.m. with our breakfast sandwiches, and we've waited for the place to open, and we've stood there at the bar and nursed beers for two and a half, three hours until, you know, it was time. It was time to tap. And I think the first time we did it, it was on a rumor. Yeah. It was on a rumor that it was happening. Yeah. And we just stood, and all of a sudden, or like around noon, it started to get really, really crowded. And we're like, oh, it must be yeah, actually th- happening. This was happening. It um, was not just a rumor. So we've, we've done it two or maybe three times. We've gone together and we've gotten the younger. Yes. So I wanted to talk today about rare beers and the, you know, beers that you chase down and whether or not they stand up to the hype or, you know, how many times you have to have them before you've had enough of them okay that's you know that's interesting jeff because you know we've hunted down some pretty rare beers and you know rare breweries you know sometimes you chase a brewery it's not just a specific beer um but you've alluded to it in previous episodes you know having your first heady topper you know having your first focal banger the first time you had Pliny the Elder, you know, Younger has become the more elusive beer. But prior to that, Elder was pretty elusive for us. I remember the first time I had that and it being such a big experience for me. And, um, you know, having all of those beers multiple times now, the experience does change. You're excited still, but it's not the same feeling as when you first had it because you've seen it so many times now, and it's not rare anymore. It's just something that doesn't happen as often. So let's start with something that started out as rare and now is pretty commonplace, and it's sitting in front of us. It's Hetty Topper. So what is what is your relationship with Hetty Topper been, and how has it you know, progressed over the years. You know, Hetty Topper was the original hazy IPA, and they didn't do adjuncts. They just left it unfiltered. Um, and it was bursting with tropical hops, and everyone wanted it, and you couldn't get it. It was almost like a myth. Like, you didn't believe it existed until you saw it in front of your face. I remember the first time a can was handed to me out of a brown paper bag and that silver can with that black and silver logo comes out and you see them big black letters across the top heady topper with that fella drinking a glass of heady topper and his head exploding with hops uh, and then underneath it says the alchemist vermont at the top it says drink from the can drink from the can it pleads with you to drink from the can and uh you know when I held it in my hand, it was almost like it was a very surreal experience. I kind of couldn't believe it was happening. 
Um, now I bought this in my local bottle shop when they got a shipment of Alchemist. They had Hetty Topper and Focal Banger, and we've seen Crusher, and we've seen some others come through. And um, you know, it's it's kind of weird because this beer has been sitting in my fridge for a few weeks. And previously, if I got a can of Hetty Topper, I would have devoured it, you know, right when I got it. But now it's like, all right, I got a can of Hetty Topper. I, I'm kind of got an itch for Hetty Topper. I'll buy it. Well, forget about the fact of how long you let it sit around. Has it changed? Has the availability of it changed how you feel about the quality of the beer? No. Um, I still think this beer stands uh, at the top. Um, You know, in a market saturated with hazy, creamy, fruity, sweet IPAs, it's funny to look at the original. It's funny to look at this beer because it's really not like those other beers. I mean... Hetty Topper is distinctly tropical, but also remarkably dank. And, you know, I going up to Vermont before, uh, people who live there don't look at New England IPAs and what they have as the same thing. They call them Vermont IPAs. And they really take pride in the fact that these are not creamy, hazy. They are bursting with hops, unfiltered unapologetic beers that aren't going to overdo with adjuncts. They are just hop juice. And um, and I appreciate that. And I still think this beer is incredible. What do you think, Jeff? Because you've had Hetty Topper a few times now. What's your stance on this beer? I feel like Hetty Topper is one for me that I got swept up in the hype. Uh, and when you gave it to me my first time, I thought, whoa, this is, first of all, it was unlike anything I'd ever had before. The the hazy thing had not taken off yet. There weren't these juicy IPAs everywhere. I was like, whoa, this is unlike everything I anything I'd ever had before. Um, but, you know, as it's become more and more available, it's, you know, sort of fallen out. You know, it's certainly not a bad beer to me, but it's not something I, I try to get. Um, I do enjoy Focal Banger quite a bit from The Alchemist. And in fact, if the two of them are on the shelf together, I'll reach. So The Alchemist as a uh, type of brewery still holds water for me. But Hetty Topper itself is not as mythical for me as it once was. Right. Now, Jeff, you talked about Pliny the uh, Younger and how we are missing a tapping of it right now as we sit here enjoying other great beer. Um, me, Alagash White, and you are drinking a, a delightful American Pale Ale from Industrial Arts. Um, where do you stand when it comes to those two beers? I want to kind of loop in Pliny the Elder with Pliny the Younger. Because they are West Coast IPAs, they are in stark contrast to the more trendy New England IPAs. Where do they stand for you? So... You know, like you said before, Elder used to be very, very hard to get. Um, And now there's a bar here in Philadelphia where I know I can get Elder anytime I want. I can get it at Monk's. Yeah. Uh, And it's in other places often. Um, Younger still is once a year, um, comes here in later February, and, you know, it'll get tapped. I, um, I never liked younger as much as the hype would have made me think I would like younger. Uh, I like younger a lot, but I had it for the first time after I've had elder. I have had elder a bunch of times. Right. And I still love elder. Sort of like how you still love Hattie Topper. 
Um, elder for me is everything I want from a beer. It's it's um, you know got a nice bitterness, but it's also got a real good malt balance, and it's you know grapefruity, and it's super delicious, and it's got a dry finish. And uh, for me, younger is a little hot. Uh, it's a little boozy, uh, and it's a little even drier than elder and it's you know it's not one i love uh i'm i've been grateful the the couple times i've had it and i even have a, a picture one day of the tapping where i i'm holding the two oh yeah side by side and you know who would have you know little little 21 year old jeff would have never thought he was in this world right with these two amazing beers next to each other but uh i've always been more of a fan of the elder and and having now had younger a couple times I th- I've confirmed that. How do you feel about those two beers in contrast to each other? I love both of them. I, you know, we were at Pinocchio's 10th anniversary party a couple uh, weeks ago, maybe a, a month and a half ago or so now. And as we were drinking and enjoying, I found myself ordering uh, a Pliny the Elder because it's like, why not? It's Pliny. Like, why am I not having this? There's all these other great beers, all these hazy IPAs or barrel-aged stouts or sours, fruited sours. There was a Barley Oak, uh, one of their uh, one of their dream beers. Like, there was all these great beers. And then Pliny just kind of sat there on the list. And you're like, why am I not ordering this? So I ordered it. And I'm like, wow, this is such a good West Coast IPA. And this is the Elder, okay? So great West Coast IPA. And at that time, when you're like cranking back a bunch of hazy IPAs, that Elder cuts through them and just shines. And um, But I, I definitely um, veer towards the younger. I love the younger. Um, that tapping that you were just alluding to when we had both of them in our hands I had younger and I had elder, and elder felt dull compared to younger. I know it's not a dull beer. I know it's a great beer, but versus younger, I was like, man, this is a completely different experience for me. And that's the cool thing about beer, Jeff. You know, you're talking about how elder still reigns supreme for you versus younger, and I'm the other way around, but it's taste buds, it's preference, and we both respect each other's uh, palates, and it's cool that we have different experiences. Um, no, you're you're wrong. Oh, yeah, no, no, oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. okay. No, of course, yeah. That, that's the cool thing is we we can share with each other the you know the differing opinion and you know listen to what each of us thinks about each beer and you know maybe you learn something about the beer and you you didn't think of it that way and then you have a new appreciation for it. Uh, Matt, is there a beer that has been on your list for a long time or had been on your list for a long time and then you finally got it and you? Don't know why you waited all that time. You know, you know, thinking about it, no, but I'm sure there is, I'm sure there's been an experience where I have a beer that I, that I drink and I'm like, oh, you know, actually I'll go back to when we stood in line at other half and the amount of time we waited in line for these collaborations with Trillium and Monkish, I had a pint of one of them. Right, you know, I was one of the people who went into the tap room, the chaotic mess that was their tap room at the time. They figured it out. They have a whole new tap room. And I stood in line and waited for 10 growlers. And I was like standing my ground and all I wanted was a pint. And I got a pint. I think it was called Taters because they have weird beers with names like Taters and Broccoli and all this weird stuff. And um, I had it and it was really good. But... It's not six hours in line good. Nothing to me has been six hours in line good. So 
I almost felt silly, and I haven't shared that sentiment with anybody since that day because I kind of planned that day, and the fact that the first stop ended up so poorly, I felt kind of responsible for, but that beer, and I ended up trading two of those growlers for like bottles of stuff when I got home because I was like, I can't drink these. I don't know what to do with these, and um, so definitely that day, those other half half beers were definitely, uh, didn't really meet the hype for me. There's one that, uh, you know, was in danger for me um, of having become overhyped because of how long it took me to get my hands on one, and that was Trillium. And I got a Trillium beer for the first time. Um, I, I can't remember if I was in Boston or someone brought one down because they don't distribute, so we can't have gotten it in the bottle shop, but... Um, I poured it and I drank it and and Trillium I know I know now is sort of known for this like oniony yeah taste very earthy um very, very earthy, earthy very very oniony uh, and I guess like I got one that was double dry hopped or doubled up on that flavor in, in some way and, and I didn't like it at all and, and for a moment there was a danger where I was just like man this Trillium thing is way overhyped <laughs> and stupid uh, and since then I've had the opportunity to have a, a couple Trillium beers I even went there. And they they do make a lot of great ones. I think it was just that one that day. It may have even just been that batch of that beer that wasn't good or that can had been around too long or something. But there was a danger that I was not going to like Trillium beers. And I'm I'm grateful that that has turned around because they now make one of my favorite Pilsners. Right. Um, which is not something they're known for, but they make a phenomenal Pilsner. Now, Jeff, before we uh, before I move on to my next question for you, I'm going to crack this can of Hetty Topper just so we can, um, you know, drink a rare beer as we're doing this episode. And, you know, no can of Hetty Topper should sit too long. Now, we are going to pour it only because we're going to share it. So to in order to share, you have to pour it in two glasses. We're not going to take one down and pass it around. We're going to... You know, be civilized. Listen, listen, John. I appreciate your whole drink from the can thing, but I pour almost all my, um, I pour almost all my Alchemist beers into a glass. I like to look at it. I like to smell it. He 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 talks about how the it's all about the aroma wafting up through the can mouth. I get a much better aroma from a glass. Yeah, and Jeff, I, I feel the need to share this because I'm such an amateur, man. My pour was horrible. Look at this. I, mean, I wasn't going to call you out, Matt. I nah, was going to let it go. I'll call myself out because shame on me. The next question I have for you. So we're talking about hype beers or rare beers that don't quite meet expectations. Have you ever had a hype beer or drink from a hype brewery that exceeded your expectations? Yes. Um, monkish. Mm. Um, and it wasn't that day in New York. I went out to uh, L.A. I go out to L.A. You know, once every other year. I have a friend who lives out there. And we try to do a brewery when I'm out there. And we went to Monkish. I made her drive me all the way to Torrance, which is like 45 minutes um, on a good day. And there are no good days on Los Angeles highways. And we stepped in there. Um, and they, they have fantastic beer. And it's not something you get very often here on the East Coast because, you know, Muggish is another one that doesn't necessarily just dis- do they distribute? Nope. Yeah. Not not here, at least. I so mean, they I, co- think they're, I think they're taproom only. Yeah, they, they collab with people out here. And so you get, you know, quote unquote Muggish beers. But um, they had just had their anniversary party recently. And so I got like a seventh anniversary IP that was phenomenal. And then like, I think I had a real, a real light bodied one that was phenomenal. And um, she got like a fruity one that was terrific. And then I think we shared... 
um, a Belgian that was terrific because we both love Belgian. You, so did, you didn't find a Pilsner, Jeff? No Pilsner out there? Uh, no, not at Monkish, no. I, I do tend to try to find a Pilsner somewhere, but um, I don't recall drinking one at Monkish. The, so that's one that um, met and exceeded the expectations of everything I heard about it. What about you? Definitely. Uh, we've talked about this brewery a little bit, or maybe we haven't. I think we've mentioned them briefly. Toplin Goliath recently um, started distributing. They're a brewery from Iowa. Toplin Goliath was a brewery that has a flagship pale ale called Suda Sue, and then they have a double IPA called King Sue, and then they have all these other IPAs and stouts in their repertoire, and they're all amazing. And you know, I had King, I've had King Sue multiple times, and I'm gonna make a bold statement here, and I might get some flack for this, but I would stick King Sue next to any Treehouse IPA. And I can get a four-pack of King Su in almost any bottle shop I go into now. I have to wait in line at Treehouse to get their beers. It's pretty remarkable because they're distributing from Iowa. And the beer gets out here. Not nearly as fresh as if you buy it in the tap room. And it's fantastic. And you told me, Jeff, you just bought a Topland Goliath IPA uh, Super, Sumo, Super, Sumo Super Sumo in the bottle shop today. And I've had that beer and it's fantastic. It is a hazy, creamy, juicy, tropical IPA, but in all the best ways. I know sometimes those IPAs can become a little much and they can become overdone, but it is well done and it is delicious. And I think you're going to enjoy it big time. I, I just love their beer. I, I'd like to try some of their other stuff. I know they have like a coffee latte that I'm dying to try. That a Coffee latte stout. I'm sorry. They don't make coffee. Um, and um, their beer is just great. And we're getting a lot of their stuff. I mean, we've gotten Super Sumo. And we've gotten Sudo and King Su and Pompeii. And it's really exciting to kind of work our way through their portfolio when they were previously just a big hype brewery from Iowa that you only kind of heard about. Now we get to enjoy and it has exceeded all of my expectations. So what's on your list that you still haven't gotten to? Well, I mean, I've alluded to this brewery before and this is a brewery that I am dying to go to. It's a brewery I'm dying to drink their beer. If anyone wants to send me their beer for free, I'd love it. Uh, Hudson Valley, uh, I'm in on the sour IPA craze. But the thing about what Hudson Valley is doing is they are doing it in a very calculated, artistic way. They're not just kettle souring an IPA. They are fruit souring, they are kettle souring, but they're making sure that they um, keep the integrity of the IPA intact. And I want that. I want their beer. To me, that is the, the gold standard that I am searching for right now. How about you, Jeff? Before I say mine, I just want to say quickly that I bed talked Hetty Topper a little early in the episode, and I'm, <laughs> I think I was wrong. Yeah, it it's, actually it's, it's 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 a it's a dang good beer. Uh, it, yeah, it's funny looking at it. It is quite hazy, but like in a, it's not like murky. No, it's, it's not orange juicy. It's you not, just can't see through it. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a very good beer. I think I still prefer Focal, but. Um, it's very good. Mine is Fuzzy Baby Ducks from New England Brewing oh, Company. Yeah. Um, I went up there. I was, you know, I went to a wedding in New Haven, Connecticut. Did the whole um, Louis Lunch first hamburger. Did the whole um, um, Pepe's pizza, um, the coal-fired pizza. But the one thing I didn't get was Fuzzy Baby Ducks. I went there, yeah. and uh, they had double fuzzy. 
and I had that, which was terrific. Um, but Dub- but uh, Fuzzy Baby Ducks is still on my list. It's it's a fun name. I've heard it's a great beer, and I know now that the brewery is good because I've been there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one, Jeff. Um, you can visit us on our website, shelfypodcast.com. Tell us what some of your uh, bucket list beers are. Maybe something that you've tried that hasn't lived up to the hype. Maybe something you've tried that has outlived the hype by far. And uh, there you can also maybe find an email address where you can get in touch with us and we'll give you our address so you can send us those bucket list beers. <laughs> um, Matt really wants that Hudson Valley beer. Please. In his hands. Please. That'll do it for this week. Uh, I am Jeff Martin. And I'm Matt Prince. Cheers. <laughs>